Yeah, man, Robert Crumb. I've exposed myself to so much over the past week. Too much stuff. So, um, tell me about tell me about your thoughts on Robert Crumb. Just initially, like, did you you already kind of like were big into Robert Crumb, or at least into the idea of alternative comics and stuff like that? Yeah, I I, I can't. I feel like a poser saying that I'm a fan of any comics, but I do love any comic stuff. I know Robert Crumb because I came. I, I know like reading like in Barnes and Noble as a kid, going through comics and coming across the uh, illustration of the Old Testament, his Old Testament work that he did. Thought it was wild. It was totally crazy. Yeah, it was like yeah. A rated R version of the Old Testament. <laughs> You That's know, what they like, don't tell you is that uh, the the Bible is rated R already. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah. I just remember, like it was so cool. I don't know. There's something like there's something so fun with with this stuff that we'll go through is that it's the most like lowbrow stuff you can think of, but it's so masterfully done. It's well rendered, and um, it's like a joke. Yeah. Especially, I think, like as a kid, seeing it, it was such a treat to see. Like, oh my gosh, the the way he he details a turd or something or <laughs> or something you know very vulgar but like there's just just like there's something really youthful or something about it that you can that, like and you know like we'll, we'll, like getting into like mad magazine right it's right. like a it's like a big thing of that is that like there's something for everyone i like robert crumb he's wild yeah he's great so I'll, I'll just get started talking a little bit about like uh basic facts the man was born on august 30th of 1943 so uh Robert Crumb grew up in a family, um, a Catholic family, um, in Philadelphia, and his father worked for the Marines. Apparently, his dad was a combat illustrator, and he he illustrated like instructional manuals and stuff like that. And I tried everywhere, looking all over the internet f- for um, these manuals, but I couldn't find them anywhere. It'd be funny if you came across them, and they're all like big buxom Amazonian girls in combat. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, ah, this makes a lot of sense. (laughs) There's a reason you can't find it. Yeah, yeah. um, And it's funny that his dad was an illustrator because Robert Crumb talks about his dad as like, um, about how disappointed he was with these like loser nerd sons who are so like emasculated and just like to sit inside and draw. And so like, I never would have thought that... uh, that he would have been an artist. I thought he would have been like a I don't know some some other position in the military. That's probably like a huge huge factor in in Robert Crumb's trajectory. Like an understated thing, and like is that his his dad being an, an artist first. Um, you can probably give more credit there. Right, um, and you especially never especially being like just just it being such a like a tortured thing. Not that he not that he was an artist, but like as far as the development goes, talking about you know following your dad's footsteps, even if it was just a role in the army, right? Doing like combat illustrations, it still must have been a total trip. Yeah, and it's still like um, a realization of like a potential future. You know, when you see yeah. like, like my yeah. dad was a teacher. And so I always kind of thought that like, yeah, I may be an artist, but the only way I can make it is if I'm a teacher as well, you know, because like, that's, that's, yeah. what, that's what my dad did, you know. But what's funny yeah. is you never hear, I mean, I shouldn't say you never hear because there's so much information out there, but I have never heard Robert Crumb talk about his dad as a major influence. In fact, his dad always plays kind of like the the heel or whatever they, they call that you know the, the the villain that he has to overcome yeah in order to yeah. become his true self or whatever and because of that it's he's just as important i guess you know yeah yeah <laughs> like, either way it's an influence it's, right yeah. <laughs> yeah. at least a influence in the story that's being told 
Um, and it's just so funny when you hear like uh, people doing interviews with him and they're just like reading off like Robert Crumb's mother reportedly used diet pills and amphetamines and she was you know always depressed and his parents never got along and his dad was abusive to them and his mother or whatever like like all like all this kind of talk and like Robert Crumb's just like sitting right there as he's being introduced it's like imagine if that was like your introduction as you're about to like go up and give a talk at a panel or something like that if you were like a scientist (laughs) yeah and that's what's so terrible is as artists you have that you have permission to it's like asking someone um you know what's in their bank account yeah uh and somehow yeah as an artist it's like oh yeah you know you you went through x y and z so we can we can totally talk about it and um (laughs) But this isn't, you know, this isn't normal, though, I guess. This is all, it's this whole point, though, is it's, it's all absurd and it's all, you know, totally um, bizarre stuff. But, um, yeah, in one interview I saw, they start doing that spiel and he just goes, he goes, oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> See, See, that's what, what was me. I oh. know. I know. I can't believe people intro him like that. It's like, yo, like he's like a normal human being. We're like a normal yeah. family. But, yeah. Uh, you know, people have to mythologize it in order to like seal down the narrative properly. In front of him too. I know, in front of him. Like, I would be embarrassed yeah. to introduce someone like that. Yeah. It's just pretty funny. Uh, I guess, and I guess you could go like off even further. I mean, you can say, "Well, this is just he's so crazy. This is just the tip of the iceberg." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, yeah, it's it's it's, it's dumb. Yeah. But he is, he is, the difference between him and even other artists or basically any other human being you could like find on planet Earth is that he's completely transparent. Like, you know, he'll talk about like his, his infidelities and his, his fantasies and his like most twisted parts of his imagination. And like that level of honesty doesn't exist in like any other human being that I can basically think of. I think it's interesting too, like that, you know, we're kind of talking about him in terms of like a retrospective that it is a feature to his work though how it's like seeing how it's aged and seeing yeah. how the messed up stuff has has you know has aged and how it's been like responded to over time i really would like to see what it would be like to to really hear when that stuff originally came out like the closest thing i can think of is like uh like a uh, kind of a satanic panic or um, like Marilyn Manson stuff, like your parents be like, oh, don't, don't listen to that. It's really <laughs> fun to see how it was received, like in the time. Absolutely. That being said, it's kind of funny how retroactively, though, parents won't let their kids watch the plain Jane cartoons that existed in the fifties. You know, like now parents yeah. are like, oh, I can't let my child watch Pinocchio. You know, <laughs> it's just pretty funny that like. Now you realize how like kind of creepy and inappropriate a lot of those cartoons were. And then you think about like, I mean, the world has like for alternative comics, the world has come really far. However, cartoons themselves have become like even more tame than they were uh, like 50 years ago. You know, something something like I feel like I kept running into going through and reading about the stuff and was how much the industry kind of would, would make those jokes, though, like um like talk, like you like you brought up disney mm-hmm. and there are all these legends of you know like the older disney films sneaking in like it's like oh lion king if you pause it he exhales and, and it says sex in the air <laughs> yeah. or there's like a naked woman in the window 
or um, my favorite is is in Little Mermaid. Have you seen this? You know what I'm talking about. I've, I mean, I've heard about these. Like, I've like the, for example, I heard in Aladdin. There's like a scene where if you listen closely, it says "Take off your clothes." But like, I never, I I never like believe. Like, I never really found any of these things to be true. Although it wouldn't surprise me that an artist would do something like that. Yeah, and and that's what like I mean. A lot of like the underground comic stuff started was was guys. There were normal industry people that would do your you know like household comics but they would just defile each other's cartoons <laughs> and uh and they all had a shtick they were you know publishing um you know something you know totally off color outside of their family friendly material what's his who did who's the mad magazine guy harvey, harvey right harvey kurtzman kurtzman yeah i mean harvey yeah harvey kurtzman was like you know I mean, mad magazine was you know, spicy but he was he had like a uh, featured like running story in Playboy about yeah. this like hot blonde chick, you know, and like all these guys had it seemed it seemed like they in one way or another they were finding a way to express themselves in that way as well, right? But, like um, an alternative it, side project. Yeah, yeah, and it just had to be perverted. Yeah, that's the odd part, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, well, Robert Crumb was inspired by a lot of those animation studios and comic strips such as Fleischer Studios, mm -hmm. the guy who did Popeye and Betty Boop and Coco the Clown. And what I found out was that kind of interesting uh, is that Coco the Clown has a dog called Fitz the Dog. And Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And like, it's just like this super old black and white cartoon, you know, and Coco the Clown is like this creepy looking clown who like shows up in some of like Betty Boop's episodes or whatever. Anyway, so... Of course, Crumb later goes on to have his own comic strip and then eventually a movie called Fritz the Cat. But uh, the thing is, like, that's something that we don't pick up on because of the time and place. But at the time, I'm sure that was a pretty obvious reference to Fitz the dog. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, do you want to jump into uh, into Fritz? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's... Uh... Let's uh, just jump into it. Well, let's uh, let's go over a couple more people real quick. Um, yeah, cool. Walt Kelly... He did Pinocchio yeah. and Dumbo. He also did a comic strip called Pogo, which is like the strip of like a, a possum. And like the strip was written with both kind of children and adults in mind. So it has like these layers of like social and political satire added into it, uh -huh. you know, which is you see what you see with his work, except his is kind of almost strictly for adults. Sometimes you wonder who is this for? Like it's too immature for yeah. adults, but it's, it's too explicit for children. <laughs> But um, but yeah, let's jump into uh, those were some of the people who he uh, was into like initially that basically his parents put right in front of his face. But let's jump right into Fritz the cat since we were talking about Fitz the dog. Yeah, so Fritz the cat was like this like intellectual property that Robert Crumb had established uh, that was around since he was a kid. Like there's old iterations of it that he would draw with his brothers. It kind of just followed him until his later years, um, until it became Fritz the Cat, which was this loser kind of cat in the hippie era who would just try and score chicks and get high. They, like this hippie scene. And it was kind of a commentary on that. It got picked up and was turned into an animation from Ralph Bakshi. And Ralph Bakshi is kind of like to me, at least, it seems like a very similar line to Robert Crumb, as far as being like the underground reference of of their of their medium. If, if Robert Crumb is like your underground comic guy, Ralph Bakshi was the underground dude for animation, and um, 
it was the first rated X uh, rating, at least for a cartoon, but it was like the biggest like indie film that it hit. It was, it was, it was huge. And um, Robert Crumb didn't like it. He, he nitpicked at it. He, one of those things he said is he wished that Ralph Bakshi did the voice of uh, Fritz the Cat. What ended up happening though is um, in frustration, Robert Crumb killed Fritz like right afterwards. Whereas like Fritz was trying to, he, he was scamming a trick into sleeping with him and she like killed him with an ice pick. <laughs> and then that was that was the end. And um, I love that like willingness to abandon <laughs> a character. Yeah, yeah. It's just so it's so cool, man. Like it's it really is something I I really respect. But but Ralph actually was a total like. There's a lot of reasons. It wasn't just like the whole indie scene, but he was so good at capturing like the 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 life around him. And there are all these cool scenes in Fritz the Cat where the audio is from conversations he was having and just getting drunk with uh his his dad's friends and and just recording people's conversations and then bringing it back and animating it and it's a really cool like just like I, you kind of read um there's like a weird like honesty with robert crumb's characters right. and the people they say he's totally nailed that in, in his own way with first the cat film and i know there there's like there are other versions uh not other versions but like there was like there's like a sequel and, and it sure yeah else, but but that original film, though, is something. Like, I guess, like, if like we're already here talking about Robert Crumb, so I would uh, recommend First the Cat. But it is, it is totally um, a wild. It's a wild movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty gnarly, and like some people say that, like, yeah, yeah, it's degenerate. It's like it's like what you have to go through. There's not as much of a payoff for what you have to go through to watch it. That's a lot of people's opinions, but. Like to, in my opinion, um, it's like I'm excited to see someone create a a total um, train wreck of a film by experimenting versus mm-hmm. trying to pander and create like this totally mediocre film, you know. And so I'm glad they went all yeah, the way and yeah. just experimented as much as they could. Yeah, it's it's really sweet, and and that's something that was kind of a trademark with Ralph Bakshi's whole entire career was was how aggressive and and scrappy all the productions were. And uh, he'd use mixed mediums. He would yeah. do a lot of uh, rotoscopy or rotoscopy, ro- rotoscoping, whatever the, the term is, where you would you know record the video and then and then you would just straight draw over the frames. Yeah, um, I love Ralph Bakshi's stuff when he was doing the lord of the rings cartoon oh, and yeah. like those yeah. scenes with like the ring wraiths and like the like the sky so and the background and like like those what's crazy is i mean you can buy those stills um which is like yeah. the, those are really sick actually that that would be a pretty good purchase because like they're so textured you know and like that's something that um maybe because of the format that they were working in that was actually an easy way to work but it's something that from my perspective i never i never really saw that as much you know from films that i saw nowadays yeah for yeah for them yeah they were just like stretching it yeah um now it seems like a total labor (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so out of reach but um yeah that the lord of the rings are great films he also did uh one of my favorites fire and ice which is a collaboration with frank frazetta the fantasy artist oh yeah yeah um, which is amazing yeah super fun movie and then um but yeah just like robert crumb he would get into you know he'd use obscene racial stereotypes of of everyone 
and um, <laughs> you know, and and, there, and there's advocates on both sides. You'd always find. I guess that's for you guys to figure out to watch this stuff <laughs> and, and, and interpret it. I mean, it's it's clearly you know uh, racist, but it's just it's your interpretation of whether you should take that seriously and be offended by it, etc. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, what I like what I like about Fritz the cat is. Um, so Fritz is obviously like a total like loser. He thinks he's pretty cool, but he's like kind of just like a loser, like you said. Um, yeah. But the way that he's able to um, basically swindle these chicks to getting with him tells you a lot about the subculture at the time. You know, like all he has to do is act hip with, you know, whatever like political or spiritual idea that these like hipster yeah. hipster chicks are like trying to live by at the time and then he can just from like a surface level he can get into their lives pretty easily that's kind of a really good like looking at robert crumb's critique on what hippies were right uh it's really fun like we have a romantic view but it's nice to see this him just kind of pegging it as eh. <laughs> like it's uh <laughs> it's just kind of a, like it's, it's all fashion statements you know people just yeah. all people wanted to do was was to get high and bone and um that was i think the best part of fritz the cat is is seeing his kind of uh critique on these spaces that were so you know politically active in quotations if you you know yeah and, yeah um, and kind of you know trying to put a um, it's easy to put it in a modern context when you when you see those scenes and they they are worth seeing and you can all that because it's the best part you can find it on youtube hilarious yeah yeah and so um maybe let's talk a little bit about kind of his background with religion you know that kind of makes sense with kind of like his home life and then we'll get into like his uh i guess pilgrimage to san francisco and all those hippies and stuff like that so um crumb of course grew up catholic but um you know he always talks about how once he dropped religion kind of like his world opened up to like all these different possibilities and he'll kind of say the same thing again about once he you know take psychedelics <laughs> it's kind of like the second gate yeah. that that was open to him yeah that's what's funny is it's still um the the psychedelic stuff is, is very much religious though too in a way the way he describes it is revelation and and, and inspiration coming to him and, and something he just like he just has to follow it's very uh, romantic like how people can talk <laughs> about their faith you know yeah yeah um that's why i i like robert crumb too is i think he yeah that's that's just it's just another thing though i, I appreciate the honesty about right that's hard to do it's hard to do like how yeah. i mean like your parents you know i don't know what his parents thought about him but imagine just being a complete disappointment to your parents your whole life basically because you've abandoned everything that they have laid out before you, you know, religion, um, self-respect <laughs> within the community, like all these things that like, he just kind of was fearless. And I think that's kind of very, very like mad respect for like that level of just like honesty, just like abandoning everything, you know, and lots of people do that, of course, but you know, that is pretty cool. He didn't have to do that. You know, he could have easily continued working at a card place and gotten a job doing animations or, you know, political cartoons or whatever. And just like uh, been um, a boring, but, you know, feed the family kind of artist, you know, or at least feed himself kind of artist, you know, but he decided to push it further. 
Um, and we were talking about the book of Genesis already. I thought it was so interesting how I was actually like reading the book of Genesis recently and Crumb's illustrations actually like helped me understand like a lot of it. (laughs) 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 Like there was parts like there's this part, uh, it's pretty messed up part, but it talks about how, well, I'll just read it here. I was just looking at it the other day says, and Ur, Judah's firstborn, was evil in the eyes of the Lord, and the Lord put him to death. And Judah said to Onan, I think it's Onan, come to bed with your brother's wife and do your duty as brother-in-law for her and raise up seed for your brother. And Onan knew that the seed would not count as his. And so when he would come to bed with his brother's wife, he would waste it on the ground so as not to provide seed for his brother. <laughs> and what what he did was evil in the eyes of the Lord, and he was put to death as well. So, um, <laughs> what's funny about that is like like as a, like last time I read this, which I don't know, I guess I didn't read it close enough, but I thought like he was insulting. I thought he was like insulting uh, Ur's like wife by like just jacking off outside the tent and like walking away. But I realize now he's talking about pulling out. Yeah. And thanks to Robert Crumb's beautiful uh, illustrations, I was able to learn something about the Bible today. <laughs> oh, dude. Um, it is incredible, though. And, and it's like, I don't know, man. It's uh, I'm glad it happened, I guess. I'm glad that Robert <laughs> Crumb the Old Testament. I'll just keep it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, so yeah, he was he was uh, surrounded by kind of like all these kind of uh, discussions of religion and the Bible and the Catholic Church growing up and whatnot. Um, but eventually, he just you know fell into a crowd of what you I guess you could call back then as beatniks or bohemians or hippies or whatever. And he eventually made his way out to uh, good old San Francisco, and that's when he met people like S. Clay Wilson and Spain Rodriguez. I could name like a million people, but I'll just stick with those two right now. And um, both of their artworks is just kind of like over the top, out of control, kind of like very much inspired by psychedelics. And like during this time, you saw a lot of Robert Crumb's work like this as well. It's just like the page was just covered with just like insane, insane graphics. This is like... It didn't make very much sense. It was just visually kind of like uh, mind blowing, you know, was kind of like the idea, you know, something kind of like uh, I think of like a Hieronymus Bosch painting or something like that was like the only thing like before this that would even come close to like the level of like insanity. Um, And I feel like like the images, of course, were like hedonistic, but like it was kind of hedonistic in like not just what you're seeing as subject matter but kind of visually like from an artist perspective like the artist didn't hold anything back there was like no self-control whatsoever so extra it was in san francisco i'm pretty sure where he met his wife yeah i think his second wife at this point (laughs) second his second wife that's right yeah it's cool to see you know he was already doing all this cool stuff and then his work just totally changed it was, he, he was already like you know a pretty interesting fellow making a name for himself but to have such change in your work not just visually too you know like like you described described the lsd stuff but 
it, it seemed like his wife influenced me more autobiographical as well and and this is sweet it's cool to see how all these other influences took place and luckily it's so documented yeah yeah i mean and like that's the thing is like his work is hard to pin down like you could for example know his you could like go live your life thinking that robert crumb never put out anything like horrendous and still have an entire artist's worth of of a a body of work (laughs) like that's how much stuff he's made and that's like how varied it is or you know you could never know that he was like uh, really into like uh, folk music and blues music and that he did you know all these illustrations of it you know he's just done all these things like everything from illustrating the bible to like historically uh like documenting different like the history of blues music you know so like this dude mm-hmm. just kind of like made everything and so it's kind of funny how like it's kind of hard to like put his work down as like then from now on he's making psychedelic work you know but like he did make psychedelic work during that time and it was obviously influenced from drug use and like those specific people you know but yeah. at the at the same time he was still kind of making his like i guess was continuing to kind of explore the idea of being kind of like this weak emasculated like nerd on like the outskirts of society with this dream of finding like a big strong woman to take him up in her arms <laughs> And like, what's funny is that his his wife, um, like, literally fits the bill. She looks like exactly like one of his drawings. She has these big, strong legs. He describes her as kind of like this Jewish comedian type of character. Yeah, so yeah Jewish Jewish matriarch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can cut this out, but I know you talked about like the the idea of kind of like the motherly figure. You know, kind of like being like this, like <laughs> like strangely attractive, like strong. You know, no, you can, we can keep this in. We can keep this in. No, this is, we'll keep it honest. Um, it's something, yeah, so, you know, yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't... So, something I, you know, uh, I think we strive to still put in words. And that's what's funny is, you know, that that well is, is, is infinite. To this day, Robert Crumb is still trying to define. Yeah, I know. He's still trying to define it's, it. It's the muse, you know. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so um, what's funny is Kaminsky, that's the last name of his um, his wife. And what's funny is he literally had um, a comic character, like a, a fantasy yep. comic character that he had already created as like this this chick with the last name Kaminsky. And so like it's funny that like she shows up into his life and she this woman with the same last name as this character he's already drawing with big strong legs and like it's just it's just hilarious. It's like it was meant to be. Uh, yeah, it's, it was manifested. And uh, they've done comics together, you know, like, and like their work, her work is like clearly, it's not technically superior, but it's just fun to see like the, you know, these two people's work mashed together where she's doing like the most naive amateur type of drawing of herself, yeah. you know, and yeah. then he's doing crosshatched drawings that are like inspired by like 1800s political cartoons and like flemish paintings and stuff like that it's it's pretty great but the writing is so similar like when they do write together it just rolls it does uh fit really well and um it's really sweet to see that you know that yeah although they're such different styles visually it is cohesive yeah they have the same sense of humor too 
Yeah, yeah. And there's a, they had an interview, they they did a live reading of it. And um, one of the, the parts, it was, um, I don't remember the context, but it wouldn't make sense anyways. It was so absurd. It was like, in the comic, Robert Crumb um, starts to give her spanking. And then she's telling him in the, in the comic to 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 spank her harder basically and robert <laughs> crumb is reading it back and forth it's just like so uncomfortable how they get into reading this <laughs> and um it's just like so uncomfortable becomes like it becomes hilarious to to hear but it's like oh my gosh and just just to show too like you know how, how much this stuff means to them and how much it really like they're they're all in yeah and, and that's that is what makes it too that's why you don't make comics that's why i don't make <laughs> it's like um, to have that like that love for it that you could really speak through it like that and yeah and yeah such a fun time it's like it really like is interesting to see um, yeah it's really cool. yeah it's pretty wild their daughter sophie also does comics i haven't actually read any of her comics before to be honest i have not either yeah i just know that they they have forced her to draw stuff <laughs> in their comic they have together yeah man we'll get into come of some of his kind of later work but maybe we just talk about like i was mentioning before some of those old masters who crumb was inspired by so we know all these people who he was inspired by from just like the standard cartooning practice and the alternative scene he was also inspired by um you know, in my eyes, at least, I mean, I don't even know if I've actually ever heard him say this, but um, someone who his work reminds me of is um, Hieronymus Bosch. Um, like the psychedelic scenes of hell are like so creative and like am- amusing. And it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. that someone can. Well, <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is like these messages, if you look at the message of Hieronymus Bosch's work, it's like. Um, don't be a homosexual or you'll be burned alive by a fish and like birds will fly in and out of your butt. Like that's like, that's like the message of the work. (laughs) And so it's like, and yet for some reason, like we just look past that because it's just so incredible. And so it's just kind of like, what is it? How is it that we are allowed to look past kind of like the, the scenes of hell that are, um, they teach us that you must be Christian and or, or else, you know, you'll be tortured by like strange animals. <laughs> I, I think part of it is that, you know, in the context of like, like a, like a Robert Crumb context is that like, well, this is all cope. You know, you can look at it and be like, well, he must clearly be a homosexual if he's, <laughs> you know, or something, you know, like, but it's, um, there's that. And then I also think too, though, that there is this quality of her own splashes and that's not outsider art, but like, but I think there's something though, too, that is, that is a big thing though that gets a pass though, that has that quality is it can be super ugly and horrendous. It can be, you know, someone, uh, you know, working out their trauma or something and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is beautiful. This is the human condition. And, yeah uh, yeah it is it is interesting and going back to the beginning you know that we can just some some reason um you know how they like they talk about you know when they introduce crumb they're like oh you know you what a hard life you had and all this just like this whole like we love speculating the tortured artist we love yeah yeah romanticizing that and even if they are a raging uh homophobe or something like that <laughs> you can still be like 
like man like what a, what a wild guy what a what a depraved person and you can yeah just, it's definitely a spectacle like it like it's it's an yeah. experience like you can't deny the experience like it's it's experiential and it's like undeniable like you have to yeah you can't like see it and analyze it you because you already experienced it so what are you going to do now you know like you can't deny the experience you have looking at the work and so that's what's yeah. kind of funny is like some artwork it's like so pared down that it's like meant to be analyzed and critiqued and like other work you experience it before you have time to uh, analyze it and like mm-hmm. you can't deny what you felt <laughs> and like that's yeah. kind of how i feel when i see yeah. like work like bosch it's just uh, so incredible and like it's hilarious like it's there's so much humor and an intentional humor and um something that i don't know if people a lot of people know but medieval storytelling in paintings was actually played out just like comic strips like you would go into like a church and you would see like okay this is what happened on this day and this is what happened to jesus next and this is what happened to jesus you know or it'll do the same thing with like a sinner like there's this person and he stole and then like he died and then you know he's um being burned alive by you know like a a fish with ant legs or something like that like you see weird paintings where he's like being uh being killed by like some weird demon uh so it's kind of funny that bosch uses humor and he also yeah. uses sequential comic strip storytelling style as well. Um, there's this one painting called The Conjurer. And it's this guy doing a magic trick. And this man has like a frog coming out of his mouth. And what you what the guy with the frog coming out of his mouth doesn't realize is that there's a person behind him like stealing his money out of his like pocket. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just thought okay, that was right It's so fun. Yeah, well, it's just I, fun. I think the the religious aspect, like these are, this is a really strong medium, and the way that like you take that seriously. Yeah, the craft, it. exactly. You yeah. take like the most absurd idea ever, like even one yeah. that you may not even believe, and then you just like follow through with like the level of yeah. craft that like puts you down yeah. in like legend. And and he has he he would call I'm sure he call all his characters archetypes you know or having something to do with like that kind of a meme magic of like of like no you have seen this before <laughs> uh, this is like you know like he's very aware that like that that there's a familiarity to it that he's playing with like Mr. And Natural goes back to and a bunch those, of yeah yeah this, it goes back to those those religious paintings it's like it's like you're always going to recognize Christ pose you're always going to recognize like all these you know different religious things no matter what they're ingrained in us yeah it's, it's awesome um and another one is uh pieta p i'm just gonna call him peter uh peter bruegel the elder um he's around the same place and time period about the 1500s in like denmark or uh Fle- a flemish painter oh, yes. or whatever and uh, Flemish painters are basically known for just insane amount of detail, like inaccurate, um, like completely inaccurate proportions, but just like the most insane amount of detail like you can imagine. Um, and just these, he does these scenes of kind of like, and he'll do, he'll do like serious scenes, like scenes of historical massacres, but all the people in the paintings will just be these like perfectly detailed, like stumpy looking idiots with like detailed facial expressions with different exaggerated figures and like the variations that he has on these people is just like endless like the may the way he must have studied people and like the Mm -hmm. figures of them like walking and crouching is just like 
it's cartoonish, you know? And, like, that's yeah. what's cool about it is that, like, um, this guy's just creating, like, these most, in, almost, like, so, like, completely insane level of detail to, like, these cartoonish-looking, like, people. Um, this stuff almost kind of, it reminds me very much of pop surrealism or uh, what they yeah. call lowbrow, lowbrow um, yeah, pop surrealism. He's- He's, he's documenting industry, crappy things going on. But Bruegel, is, who, is this is the guy, right, who has the, it's a huge kind of uh, scape of all these people. And there's a, you can see a guy's butt. That would not that's, surprise that's, that's me. Bruegel, right? <laughs> I don't know, but like that. I feel like that's a, that's. That sounds like a Bruegel. <laughs> like that's the point of like these little like Flemish painters is you have like these insane like stories, but then there's Everywhere you look, if you just take a magnifying glass to the painting, you'll see like a completely different story of like this most the most absurd thing you can imagine is happening. Yeah, yeah, Bruegel has some cool butt paintings too. <laughs> yeah, the, the history repeats itself, man. But yeah, like those types of artists, uh, kind of like I feel like there's a connection, maybe just like a spiritual connection, maybe not like a real historical connection. Yeah, but there's like a connection between those guys and Robert Crumb. And someone who comes a little bit later, someone like Robert Williams, who I think he's from San Francisco because he started Juxtapose Magazine. And I think that's that's based in San Francisco. So I'm sure this guy was like a San Francisco uh, legend at some point. Um, and when I look at his his work, it's like um, psychedelic, like uh, it to me, like the experience of them, not the actual imagery, but like the experience of looking at them is like... Um, different abstract interpretations of what it would be like to like meet god or like watching the fabric of reality being like ripped apart as you are being abducted by like aliens from another dimension or something like that they're just like so insane yeah there's something that again like this maximalist it's fun to see it done like like even like after watching like a like a movie from today like a uh like transformers or something it's all explosions you you, it's still like this medium is so it goes so hard isn't that interesting yeah like a like a you're just like oh my gosh like a still image of something like with this bizarre and what's interesting is when it's done right you know i'm not normally in love with maximalist uh artwork in all cases you know like imagine living with one of these it would be um (laughs) insane but i would live with one as opposed to like um people you know people Oh my um, gosh, yeah. The NFT artist. Um, it's like, this is like, if Beeple was actually good, this is what it would look like. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so those people, you know, I feel like Crumb and a lot of the other alternative comics were um, big inspirations to like the lowbrow San Francisco movement or pop surrealism, you know, and that's kind of like, which evolves into kind of like street art and... Um, you know, mm-hmm. hot rod culture and like punk, you know, album art and stuff like that. Yeah. Another artist is Thomas Nast and he's from the 1800s. He's a German American cartoonist and um, his level of cross hatching in order to just do all these insane amount of details just for like the newspaper, you know, it's like so imagine crazy. putting all this work into an image that will show up in the newspaper and then it'll be gone the next day you know maybe that's not how the comics were back then but like that's how it feels to me yeah yeah they're beautiful 
Yeah, and once again, he kind of has stumpy figures, but I think maybe it's because you, know, you kind of have to fit all this information into, into like a little box in the newspaper, you know? Um, but he's, point. yeah, you know, I think that probably has something to do with why a lot of these comic characters are kind of short, broad people with big faces is really because that's the only way you can fit all that information onto the page. That's true, yeah. You have to make them look like hobbits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, some of the first imagery of um, Republicans being elephants and Democrats being donkeys uh, were illustrated by Thomas Nast. I didn't know that. That's cool. And what's interesting is there was obviously, what's the word? There was like an in-between stage when both were established. Like, for example, the Democrats would be a donkey, but then the Republicans mm -hmm. would be some other animal. And then in, this, in another image, the Republicans will be a an elephant but the democrats will be like a fox or a tiger or something like that um, so like it was kind of like these two images kept passing each other in the night and then eventually like everyone agreed that um that the republicans are the elephant and the democrats are the donkeys that's insane yeah it's so cool and here we are today <laughs> yeah well people will 100 years from now People will have made up a narrative of what the frog actually represents because we all can't freaking agree on it right now. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's going to be and, and it'll, it'll be some corporate thing, too. <laughs> I don't I didn't want to think about that. It bums me out. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, just thinking like this was this was where the the elephant and the donkey were. And now it's used on the stage. It's used, you know, yeah, yeah, serious iconography in in, in politics. And that's yeah, just as like, opposed, you know, and before it was just like these beautiful, like crosshatched drawings of like these abstract ideas, trying to explain them to like the the masses. So cool. Yeah. What What will be interpreted and how? What yeah, will be it'll... just like forgotten. And who like who's like? There's so much stuff that no one's gonna care about. But it's gonna be interesting to see. Like, wait. How did that stick? I know. There's going to be a lot of subtlety that is lost. And new new stories and new symbols will be made. I'm looking at that Santa Claus. His stubby <laughs> little legs. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, this this picture doesn't even do it, de do it enough uh, justice with the detail, but it's pretty cool. The uh, deep, the faces, like, uh, a lot of Robert Crumb's faces, they're just deep with detail. It's like uh, mm -hmm. they're three-dimensional three faces, basically, you know? You don't see that with a lot of other cartoonists because they may put these big wide mouths and faces and eyes with these huge expressions, but they don't do any of the cross hatching. They don't do any of the detailing. So there's not the three dimensional um, yeah, uh, aspect to the work. Yeah, it really pops out. It's so fun. Man, we have like hardly even hit Robert Crumb himself because there's so much to say about the actual guy. It's worth mentioning though, before we hit a lot of these other contemporary artists and stuff like that is, you know, some of these characters besides Fritz the Cat. One is Mr. Natural. And um, when Crumb settled in San Francisco in the late 60s, he started drawing a lot of these LSD-inspired comics. And Mr. Natural, the Zen Master, is one of these characters who started to show up. And uh, Mr. Natural was kind of like this mystic guru. People expect a specific type of wisdom from him. But he ends up giving them a very like Diogenes type of wisdom, kind of like a hedonistic version of what people were expecting. Um, 
So it's so great, you know, sometimes he'll like fall right in line with a hippie mentality and other times he'll surprise the reader in, in some ways. But in the end, he's, he's just like the perfect, unapologetic con man who's refused the material world, but still takes advantage of everything that he wants in life. <laughs> <laughs> how would you, how would you uh, describe Robert Crumb through Mr. Natural? Ooh, that's an interesting question. I think Robert Crumb probably wants to be a hippie a lot of the time, but he has too much uh, self-respect to be a hippie, you know? It's like he grew up in this straight-laced background, you know? And like, it's kind of like with me, you know, I'm like an artist and my wife is like a yoga instructor. I still resent it. I still like kind of like hate hippies. Um, and so like, I, yeah, yeah, there's like, it's like, um, there's something about kind of like that beatnik, uh, culture where it's like, you hate to be a part of it, but you love what it's about at the same time. I think that's something that Crumb was really about is he was always, yeah, man, I get this. This is starting to make sense, you know, but like he still wouldn't, wouldn't dive in and lose all of his own personal identity. I think it's just kind of fun for him to like, well, if I am this uh, Mr. Natural character, I can play out all of these weird um, versions of myself as like a full-blown hippie character with like, you know, straight up like wood beads and sandals, like level hippie. <laughs> so Mr. Natural is is Robert Crumb's hippie speaking theory and trying to <laughs> get out, Man. possibly. But like, uh, what's funny is, you know, of course... Mr. Natural was like immediately adopted by all the hippies because like he's just so funny and he's like such a good version of that of that kind of like Diogenes uh, Zen master type of person mm-hmm. character. He wanted to be like a lot of people wanted to corporatize the imagery. Of course, he's been bootlegged like an insane amount. You see Mr. Natural oh, all yeah. over Grateful Dead bootleg, Grateful Dead merch, bumper stickers, other like hippie uh, related imagery. Mm-hmm. And then... He kind of, I think he kind of learned his lesson from Fritz the Cat. I don't know what time frame that took place in, but I think by this point he did learn a thing or two about not giving up the rights to certain things. I mean, yeah. He's, this is a quote from him. He says, I became acutely self conscious about what I was doing. Was I now a spokesperson for the hippies or what? I had no idea how to handle my new position in society. Take Keep on Trucking, for example. Keep on Trucking, that's kind of like, what was said above Mr. Natural. He's, it always it would say, keep yeah. on trucking. And he'd have like the one foot out walking. Mm-hmm. And it says, keep on trucking was the curse of my life. This stupid little cartoon caught on hugely. There was a DJ on the radio in the 70s who would yell every 10 minutes, and don't forget to keep on trucking. <laughs> he says, boy, was that obnoxious. Big feet equals collective optimism. You're a walking boy. You're moving down the line. It's proletarian. It's populist. I was thrown off track. I didn't want to turn into a greeting card artist for the counterculture. So I didn't want to keep this shtick, the thing Lenny Bruce warned against. That's when I started to let out my perverse sex fantasies. It was the only way out of being America's best loved hippie cartoonist. So that's, yeah, that's where like he's trying to renounce this easy to love cartoon of, you know, hippies. And Crumb was offered $100,000 by Toyota to reproduce the image for an advertising campaign, the keep on trucking campaign. 
but he turned that down. I mean, I don't. I feel like that's kind of low, even. Like, I wonder how yeah. long ago that, yeah. that that must have been a really long time ago. Like, maybe it was during the seventies. That's yeah. super low for someone like Crumb, I think, to even accept. But um, yeah, that's when he started really not just doing like, oh, Fritz the cat, you're getting with chicks. Oh, some self portraits of like him fantasizing about these like big women. It's like where he went all in. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, you can research on your own time, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Bible of Filth. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like hard to even like you can't really put it into words, but if you just are spend enough time looking at Robert Crumb, you'll understand like oh, this must have this must have been during the the stage of his life where he's like really letting these as many graphic sexual like fantasies as he could possibly imagine like putting it on paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so another thing to mention, Crumb was also um, in a band called uh, R. Crumb and his Cheap Suit Serenaders. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's probably in a few bands, but he also did artwork for The Grateful Dead and Janis Joplin. And he said that he didn't even really like that type of music. He always liked blues and folk and country and stuff like that, but... You know, I'm sure it was fun to collaborate with all these different creatives of the time. Oh, yeah. You say it's hard to define. It's hard to pin down. He spent his whole career trying to explain the ideal woman in his eyes. Maybe you can give a shot at it. <laughs> well, we can we can go off of Lisa. Yeah, Lisa, you scavenge. But um, it's Lisa and then it's Y-U-S-K-A-V-A-G-E. Um, she's like a perfect example of kind of like the... Um, kind of like uh taking like the cartoonish eroticism like seriously as like an actual study (laughs) yeah it's cool going back to like um yeah as far as like like these these simple shapes these simple things mean something and (laughs) uh i i think though like it's a really good uh thing to pair though with crumb as like talking about um and I guess like what we're doing right now is is explaining Robert Crumb's work as figurative, right? You know, as as like you know we're not we're not so much talking about oh he liked to draw big asses and you know stuff like that but like this but like but like what what did he actually do with with the figure I guess and but I think Lisa I think her stuff kind of helps explain that and that it is goofy and kind of cartoony but there's just like something super super interesting and uh the way it's she portrays the nude body but Joe, you said you said something how the the male stuff is, is kind of <laughs> odd to you like i don't know like like maybe that says something about the work itself you know or just my personal taste as a heterosexual man is that like i don't actually like her her depictions of the male figure i don't find them as interesting as like her female uh drawings you know and so like maybe that says something about kind of like this the subconscious um i don't know like uh erotic impact of the work or like just like the or just maybe the fact that she's spent more time really like explaining kind of like this like um it's not really an archetype, but it's like almost like a like an abstract imaginary archetype of a woman, which is like the imperfections in the body, like that actually you find to be quite like like interesting and like kind of like pleasing mm-hmm. as is. Yeah, yeah, and 
and I think uh, I think something to to note though is like like I made the point that's like oh, we're talking about the figure now, not this, but really though it's like I think what their stuff does though is is blur the line between you know, the vulgar and and the, <laughs> the kind of gallery setting. Yeah, and definitely. That's like, but Le- like Lisa does that in a like like it's like you can kind of get what Crumb is doing when looking at what Lisa's doing. Like, oh, okay, I see. Like you included pieces of his of his more modern work. Yeah, he's still chasing after this body type. For example, if you look up like Robert Crumb's later work, things like professional athletes, he has like a lot of perf- perfectly um, cross hatched. <laughs> Like drawings. Is this like of, Serena Williams? Yeah, that's Serena Williams. You know, so he has like these like Olympic gymnasts and like weightlifters. I think perhaps just like people taking selfies with their like um, with their phone of themselves. But just the way he's able to like perfectly draw them in his like cross hatching style, exaggerating the 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 figure, kind of like for for his own pleasure. <laughs> pretty pretty hilarious. It feels because it's like pared down like this simplifying the idea it feels like it's much more of an artist's research based pursuit rather than um a teenager's trying to be edgy and shocking or something like that oh it's so these ones are i i don't like they were like mechanical but like look at the background on these i know you guys can't see it but like this image he has of Serena williams it's so interesting how he renders not just her, but the background too. And it's so like, yeah, <laughs> and, and it's her, you know, it's this compromising pose of her swinging and, you know, her ass is sticking out. He makes it like super big. Um, it's just, it's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and then the end, you know, it's, you know, it's still something to, to figure out, but that's just kind of the question of, of Crumb's work. It's, it's really fun to try and make sense of it. Right. Um, right. Obviously like we all, are totally drawn to it but it's like why though you know why is this so you know it's it's cool it's funny yeah it's like the erotic aspect to it as well so um it's just like when someone asks like oh um is it like graffiti is it art or is it vandalism it's like well obviously like like if it's art, it's also obviously vandalism. Like something can be both erotic yeah. and art. I don't know. That's up to you to like decide, oh, is that appropriate? Quote unquote appropriate. But the idea is, okay, so this is something that that people are feeling every single day. And especially like a, like a young, like teenage male, it's like what they're feeling 90% of the time. You're yeah. supposed to pretend like it's not a subject worth uh, exploring in a medium, you know? I feel like that's kind of like a up to the individual and to pretend like that's not the case that like um i'm not saying all boys have like these weird like no one i don't know anyone who's as weird as r crumb with like what he thinks about like i'm not saying like that's the case for most people but you know this whole idea of nowadays women i don't i don't say women but like let's say um like i already just like made myself out to be a misogynist <laughs> women <laughs> No, what I mean is like, are saying like, like boys will be boys. No, boys will be held accountable for their actions, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, that's fine, right? Like, but like, as far as I know, you know, Crumb hasn't raped anyone. He's just being honest about where his mind goes when he allows himself total freedom. It's like we're being told to undo reality, you know? 
that seems like a pretty futile effort to like um pretend if if we say no no like enough like then yeah. they'll just like they'll pretend like they're not they don't have those thoughts and like then boom like all of your problems are gone you know but like that's like i say mm-hmm. that's kind of like a futile effort to kind of like undo reality yeah and i don't i don't and that that thing too of it like of um it's kind of uh has to do as well like like again like with the with the space of it that's like like if it's not here then where is it at like where 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 is this going to be <clears throat> and in the the crumb film you know it shows it follows his brothers just as depraved interesting guys that mm-hmm. did do some pretty you know one uh, one of them was like a a uh i think a, i think he was a rapist um, i didn't know that and yeah there's and there's other brothers just kind of um um, home ridden just kind of uh not able to leave and just because c- of uh weird like i don't know not i don't even think because of health just because of uh um mental um uh, mental state <laughs> but um yeah it's kind of like well this is this is also a thing to you have to get it out in a way not not that like <laughs> sure like, you have to have a space for this um, and it's right. not that you should aspire to it, though, too. And it's funny, too, I guess, like, in the end, is in, in having a space, you're acknowledging, though, how how debauched it is. And um, and it's kind of, like, um, really, like, proving that point, though. It's like, no, this stuff is messed up, but it's so messed up. It's so, like, uh, <laughs> terrifying that you have to address it, though, and you have to have space for it. And, um, yeah. and it's actually, yeah, it's worse than if you say like, oh, just, just put it away or, um, you know, then I think it, I think you're actually really downplaying it and it can be right. something. Um, yeah. It's like sweeping that, it under the rug is like not processing it. It's, it's, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. And I'll probably cut out some of my, my, uh, <laughs> my like insane, like, like thinking about this right now. Dude, this is, these are the juicy bits. Yeah, this yeah. Is the, yeah, this is the this is like the kind of gossip at the end <laughs> that the fans love. <laughs> um, here's something that I mean is something I was thinking about. One of my good friends, maybe this will kind of drive home this like point that I'm making is that like one of my good friends has these like really strict Mormon parents who refuse to acknowledge that their dog like humps everything. Um. <laughs> like they just pretend like they're like oh he wouldn't do that it's obviously <laughs> happening what is it what what does pretending like that's not happening what is that like doing yeah. for you well they they don't want to have a dog that does stuff like that and so they pretend like it's not happening as opposed to like stopping the dog from doing it or acknowledging or whatever yeah you don't necessarily want to talk about that all the time i understand that like not yeah. talking about something because it's inappropriate that makes sense but like being angry and trying to have an agenda to deny that something is not happening, I feel like that mm-hmm. doesn't do anything either. Totally, yeah. And the thing too is like, if you don't like Robert Crumb, then you would advocate you you would advocate for a space like this because that's the whole point too is that this was born from depravity. This right. is this was born from exactly what you're describing, of of we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna smother and stifle it. So. Um. I was gonna. Deal I was with gonna it now or deal with it later. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was going to mention another artist who, like, um, is another interesting fine art version exploring the, I mean, strangely beautiful, but kind of like ugly contorted version of the female figure. Mm-hmm. And that would be like John Corinne. And he actually went to school with uh, Lisa Yuskovich, or or however you say her name. But um, he went to school with her. And an uh, interesting quote from him. He thought it would be interesting to draw porno poorly. So it would kind of be like this double disappointment. But instead, he got all hyped up on like old masters and ended up painting porno really, really well. Which still kind of like doubly disappoints anyways. <laughs> so you're disappointed that... It's a porno in an art gallery, but you're also kind of like disappointed. It's so good at the same time. It's really interesting. But his work, uh, for example, he did, what, what's this actress's name? <sighs> what's her name? The one on the Vogue cover. Uh, yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, she was in, she's in a bunch of stuff. Hunger Games. Oh, her? Yeah, what's her name? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. That's Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, so he does like, and Jennifer Lawrence kind of fits the description of kind of like this strangely like round faced, but like unique. Oh, she, yeah, she, yeah, totally. Face, interesting character. Anyway, so he does a beautiful painting of her for, uh, I don't know if it's for Vogue or if it's on the Vogue cover, but you know, it's so opulent, but strange at the same time. Thick, strong women or like oddly like gangly, almost underage looking faces attached to these yeah. kind of trooping <laughs> breasted bodies i don't i'm trying not to be too over the top here but his work is really interesting and uh it really much reminds me of r crumb's later work that joke yeah of of rendering out so well that you're you're just kind of like damn like why like you're (laughs) that's something you can say with uh with r crumb but i mean like we we love it dude Um, yes and so if if i didn't make it clear john corinne john corinne uses um actual like scenes from like porn as um reference photos for these classical paintings i don't know if i made oh that clear gosh. but no i don't think you mentioned that yeah um <laughs> uh, oh you know i mean i was just thinking of um you know greg greg land as far as like you know we're talking about referencing pornography greg land was like comic artist doing he did a lot of stuff for marvel like when we were kids and he would use he kind of plagiarize photos but he has been accused of of tracing like pornographic <laughs> images, and um, and it's just Which really I funny. Can't... I don't, you know, we're, we're talking about people that we 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 can we kind of have uh, like it's like a kind of gu- gu- guilty pleasure to you know oh, Robert Crumb yeah his stuff is fun. I mean, um, Greg Land sucks. His stuff is yeah. just trash. But I agree. Um, but I can't totally rag on the idea of, you know, no intellectual property and when I'm going to use what I need to tell a story. Unfortunately, it's not really to tell as cool, unique story. It's just to tell, like, some, you know, boring Marvel comic book. <laughs> um, it's nothing, like, you know. It doesn't, like, you know, it's one thing to have, like, if it was, like, he was, like, an outsider artist and he's using this material to, you know, craft something, you know, unique and yeah yeah like texturally or whatever i'm not so into his style anyways it seems like he's just taking shortcuts to like get the job done (laughs) but um yeah he greg land is someone who's kind of known for uh plagiarizing like uh figures from like 
you know, Sports Illustrated and like pornography, etc. Like in order to just get the job done by like tracing these like sexy women or yeah. whatever. Or finding like YouTube videos of people in the costume of the guys you're drawing. Finding like like bootleg Iron Man photos, stuff like that. that. Is it's so I mean, funny. Like, so someone who's a big collector of our crumb. Well, I don't know about a big collector, but someone who's a collector of our crumb is Leonardo DiCaprio kind of well known for that i think he's always been into art because his dad is kind of like this oddball like zany yeah can you try describing him (laughs) um well describing his look is like i have no idea how to describe that look but um don't use the p word p word pedophile (laughs) 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 maybe like a odd he almost has like Almost like a Hitler mustache and then like a Hitler goatee to go with his Hitler mustache. And then he has like these like insanely long black hair, which is obviously not actually black because he's like old. Anyway, he's like this. It's not the cool Italian look. (laughs) It's not the cool Italian Italian look. And it's like the it's like the weird hippie who didn't know what to do with with all of his money that his son is bringing in kind of look. I don't know how to explain it. But he's has done like performance art, experimented with projecting live video of him with like a box of worms. Um, <laughs> like he's done like all kinds of crazy stuff. But but uh, I don't think he, you could say he's had like a you know like a strong fruitful uh, career as a performance artist or anything like that. But he's been a part of the alternative comic scene, and he was really into Robert Williams along with Robert Crumb. And um, mm-hmm. and you can kind of tell from from Leonardo Di- DiCaprio's uh, collection that you know he's kind of like where his roots started. Like for example, if I had an art collection, you might be able to tell like that I come from the U.S. and that you know a lot of like th- there's a lot of things that you could probably tell from my collection. But like I think DiCaprio has a pretty cool art collection. Actually, you can see a lot of it online if you Google it. But um, it says a lot about him. For example, some people might say that the work is crazy and maybe too easy f- to uh, be entertained by, you know, by some of the purists, you know, but like that's what our crime is all about. And that's what Robert Williams is all about. Really just like insane, like fun colors and kind of like, like for example, Walton Ford. I love Walton Ford's work and I know uh, he's collected some of that stuff. You know, but of course he has like everything like Ed Ruscha and Basquiat and all that. But he doesn't just collect trash. You can collect a trash Ed Ruscha, but he didn't. He has like a good one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And of course DiCaprio is like all about like nature. Like he has this this documentary that he put out about global warming or something. I and remember it. I remember it came out. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a big deal. But he used Hieronymus Bosch's Garden of Earthly Delights as the analogy for like the entire movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that's what was cool about it, is he was like just talking about the Garden of Earthly Delights and he would like pinpoint this little section of like Adam and Eve and then he would like as like the earth is like getting worse, he'll he would like talk about like this like the hellscape or whatever. Mm. <laughs> But it was like a really cool way to do like, uh, you know, because like it was really coming from him. That's that's like the only way that he could bring his unique perspective about uh, global warming is talking about kind of like art because he's such an avid art collector. I want to see it now. That sounds actually uh, interesting. It, it seemed yeah. like a total joke that he. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. My interest is <laughs> a bit. Well, I mean, 
it's kind of a joke that he's even an art collector. Like a lot of people have a problem with that. And I don't know why people have such an issue with that. People in the art world look down on celebrities for some reason, even though they're patrons. But like people, they, I don't understand why exactly, but I think it must just be because they think that like they bought their way into the culture and that they don't like really understand it. I don't know. I mean, you're not really a celebrity in a sense though, if you're a comic book artist and maybe it's cope <laughs> maybe uh yeah yeah you know jealousy maybe they're just there's jealous yeah it's, they're all just jealous but what's funny is i kind of respect leo's collection i mean it may not be like the most refined in the world but it's a lot better than brad pitt's collection i don't know i don't know if you see in brad pitt's art collection but it's like no but i can imagine what is it i mean it's like a lot he has like a bunch of banksies and stuff like that um <laughs> um cool <laughs> i mean he has he has like some cool artists who i would want to collect from too but it's just like like i say you can have like a good ed ruche or you can have like a like not so interesting ed ruche like it's up to you yeah, i'm looking at it i'm trying to find it right now <laughs> but um i mean both of them like apparently even in the past few years brad pitt has spent like a month at a time just like camped out at a ceramicist's studio and just making sculptures and stuff like that which i think is like so sick a lot of people would like give him a hard time it's like wow like every john john carry jim carry sorry jim carry and his like trump 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 paintings they're so bad you know and he's like so full of himself they're horrible yeah. but everyone's like oh, okay because like that's the thing is if you are famous you can sell something that you make it doesn't matter what it is you know it's so, like that's kind of a problem but like give it a give it a break i mean they are no less qualified than like half the people who have like an art degree just as much imposters just as much like clueless delusional about their actual like ability <laughs> as a celebrity would be who just gives it their first shot oh my gosh yeah i I love that critique it's like if you're in the same shoes dude you would be you'd be doing something probably pretty embarrassing you know uh (laughs) saying something stupid or something um yeah it's it's like it's it's not easy to like wield that yeah at the end of the day i mean that's it's kind of like a, a road you don't want to to be scrutinized like i don't know just 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 the thought of like joe imagine someone writing an article about your art collection yeah geez that'd be bad man yeah i mean they're scrutinized and like they're amateurs they just want to they're like they're just they're just in it they're like rich you know like if i was if i was like if i was a freaking billionaire i'd be buying all kinds of like dinosaur bones and like bad art and like all kinds of stuff you know because i would have spent my entire career working on wall street or like making you know like mediocre hollywood movies or something like that to get that kind of money yeah, I think we hit a lot. You know, this is something that I still keep learning about. And it's I'm just really stoked that Robert Crumb is someone who is still producing art and is still that guy, it seems like. And that is um, a charming thing about his scene that he was from, that, that industry, is right. that there's a lot of integrity in the sense that these guys are still doing wild stuff. And um, I mean, earlier today, Joe was sending you that video of, Robert Crumb recently like romanticizing doing a comic about like 9-11 trutherism it's just like dude this, yeah you yeah know, that like, was crazy just like this like like spirit of like yeah like you know we'll see what I do next and <laughs> and he's and he's yet thinking like that like yeah what am I what am I gonna do you know and it's and he he is a guy who 
he'd be doing it either way. Like if if he was making money, he'd be doing it, and and if he wasn't, he would still be drawing away. And um, and that's what separates, you know, the Trumps. It's what separates me from the pros, man. That these guys <laughs> able to live to survive. <laughs> you know, I, I yeah uh, yeah. I find I find solace. I find like you know, huge quality of life from creating art, and and I can relate in that everything feeling autobiographical, but. I don't have that passion to do it is so admirable. This is another person. Um, I'm. I, I forgot to bring this up earlier. Uh, Kim Kim Jong Gi. He's a he's an artist who is insane. Like the guy can he can render. Like if you haven't heard of Kim Jong Gi, he's like a he's a, a Korean illustrator, and his stuff is he he can draw things from his head. And, and there's very like speaking for Hanumas Bosch, it's just like this weird, like huge, wide composition of all these figures, and they're like, and they're doing these wild things. But they gets it gets filthy, it gets perverted, and because he's and, just going um, for it, he's freestyling. Yeah, and and um, I was talking to a friend, talking to um, my friend Max, and he heard from an interview where. Kim Jong Gi called it. Uh, it was like hate drawing or something, where he would see <laughs> girls that he liked from high school or something, and, and you know, they're the ones he couldn't have, the ones that he he was too nerdy to even and, and too insufferable to even talk to them. That he would just draw like out of rage all day, and um, and again, like that's just that another thing. It's like you can't you can't get on this level, you know. You that's really what makes the pros. It's like oh, I wish I was. You know, it's like you're better off just just calling them um, gods of their art and medium instead of just because when you when you realize how much work they put in, it's just like totally yeah. dizzy. <laughs> it's, it's like insane. It's daunting. So, you know, I really really love that part of like I think that's like a through line for a lot of my favorite artists is is them being so prolific and and having almost a. Uh, and it's like an athletic appeal to it that they're basically mm-hmm. like running the mile they're running like there's there's like this real physical thing to it that they're not just like putting the hours in but they they like yeah it's like it's like a performance in that sense you know and it's kind of requires the same discipline it's really cool yeah man uh, yeah and like maybe we'll see uh our crumb um 9-11 was an inside job comic book soon or something like that that would be oh so my sick gosh <laughs> and i remember him saying like aids was like not real like he said it was like yeah. a government it was like government yeah. created or something like that yeah. can you imagine r crumb making like a he said that like one of the only reasons why he hasn't done something like that is because in order to really tell that story truthfully and like with yeah. convincingly he'd have to like explain like all these different politicians and like they'd yeah, be just too to much draw their faces yeah, it'd be like too heavy, like uh, with like words and information, and he j- he just wants to like be able to like tell this high energy story. It's kind yeah. of interesting. He w- he doesn't want to be yeah. weighed down with all the facts, and he feels like he couldn't tell that story without them. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, um, but it's so weird yeah. that he's that he's a conspiracy theorist and that he believes that. I never would have guessed. Oh man, it's uh, just yeah, just the weirdo weirdos, man. It's it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a blast. Cue outro music.
I like to pet And every evening we get set I stroke it every chance I get It's my girl's pussy Seldom plays and never purrs But I love the thoughts it stirs And I like it cause it's hers It's my girl's pussy Often it goes out and night Returns the break of dawn No matter what the weather's like It's always nice and warm